This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Hub podcast. This episode you're about to hear is kind of broken up into some different segments. I recorded a bunch uh, here and there. I recorded, uh, I'll have a little piece right now, present time, January 23rd. I'll have most of it recorded when I was deer hunting in early December in Colorado. So as I say, I'm here in hunting camp, gives you an idea. That's December 1st and right now is January 23rd. So it took me a little while to kind of piece this episode together and get it done. So that's just to help you understand the timeline of that and look forward to sharing this information with you. And like I told you in the last episode, uh, stick with me. If I'm not hitting every week, I'm going to hit every other week at least. And I've got a a lineup of podcasts just working on getting times to get those scheduled. But if you have any contacts, folks you want me to interview, any good topics, as always, I love hearing those. I hear them and write them down. Uh, So they're uh, definitely things I take seriously and look for those good guests. Uh, got a great one that, like I told you before, um, something on chronic wasting disease that I'm really looking forward to if I can get her on here soon. Uh, and then a couple other contacts, uh, one with Hoyt that with their new lineup, talking about some things with them as well as I found this guy that digs up dinosaur bones. He was on that show Dino Hunter that. I didn't know anything about, uh, but kind of want to see if he wants to come on and do a podcast, totally different kind of hunting. I thought it'd be kind of crazy, kind of cool. Uh, got a couple other folks I'm not even going to mention cause I don't even know if they'll probably just reject me or they'll jump right on. You never know. Uh, and then my antler episode, antler buyer episodes coming up here. That one is going to be the secrets of antler buying and selling so that you get an idea of what your antlers are worth and understand that market a little bit better. 
going to work on uh, that as a collaboration with a, another antler buyer. So that one is going to be, uh, you got to give me your email address to get that episode. So we'll work on it. Got to work schedule a time to get that one done. So again, we'll jump right into this episode. Thanks for listening. I'm on my last hunt right now. Mostly. <laughs> it's my last main hunt, I guess I should say. Actually, that's not even true at all. I, I'm still hunting. And we're going to keep rolling with, with some hunts through the end of the year. And maybe sooner it'll end. But we'll see. Depends on how successful I can be, how soon I can be successful. Um, so in this episode, I'm sharing some lessons learned, some stories from this season on two different kinds of hunts I've had. And one is still happening right now. I'm sitting in my camper in my long underwear. I just had some supper. Um, I have my Coors. And yeah, so I'm uh, just out on my own, my camper, um, having a, having a good time, just me and my dog. So not having anyone around for the hunt can be challenging sometimes. Uh, sometimes it, uh, can be beneficial. So that's, uh, yeah, I got to make some phone calls throughout the day to kind of chat with some people. Cause it's hard not being around people sometimes for me. So, but I did want to talk about, I've got two totally different hunts that I've done this year, like my main, main hunts. Uh, and I want that were my focus. I know I went to Minnesota, did my, my bow hunt for bear, but I'm not talking about that one in this episode. I'm talking about my backcountry bow hunt in South Dakota. And then my not so backcountry hunt in Eastern Colorado, which is really almost backwards. When you think of Colorado, you think about, going into the backcountry, driving or hiking a long ways in, needing to be in shape and so on. That's not the case on this hunt. My backcountry hunt was in South Dakota and it was a definite need to be in shape, hike around through some hills and see if I couldn't find a deer. So that's the first hunt that I want to discuss, tell you about some of those things I learned and uh, it ended up being a pretty successful hunt. I had a great time. Now, I will say I am not satisfied with how I've hunted this year. Uh, patience is going to be my goal for 2023. And the other thing I've thought about is just there's no time for redemption opportunities. And what I mean by not being satisfied uh, by how I've hunted this year, it's not that I haven't filled tags. I absolutely have so far filled every tag of the 12 that I have. Um, I'm only halfway through that. Got some doe tags left. Got an archery tag. Got this Colorado tag left. Uh, been doing pretty well, but I'm just not satisfied. And not satisfied in the world meaning of how these hunts are going down. Am I making good decisions? Am I making good shots? Am I uh, reading that animal right? And I've noticed that, man, I screwed that up. I screwed that up. I screwed that up. And why didn't I just sit? Why don't I just be patient and wait? I have such a hard time just chilling out, glassing, looking. I am a mover. I have to get up and move, and I just don't have that patience. Because if I don't see what's going on, that is the hard thing for me. I screwed that up today, yet again. 
if I had just had the patience and went and sat on one of the corners of a field, I think I would have had a shot at a really nice buck. So let's go back. We got my bow hunt in November, early November. South Dakota is an awesome state for bow hunting because we can hunt from September 1st all the way to the end of the year. I reserved my hunting time for that early November. I wanted to hunt. Uh, it was kind of the start of the rut, and really it was over my birthday weekend. That's kind of when I had a lot of time to do it, uh, so I spent five days. Now, I didn't need the whole five days, but I was prepared for a five-day hunt. I went down to an area that has some ability to hike into some stuff and i know that's where there's been a lot of big mule deer killed in the past that was the goal wanted to kill a mule deer with my bow and i put a lot of preparation into this hunt uh had scouted out some uh good spots where i wanted to go through on x um hadn't really stepped foot on there <clears throat> just had gotten some some good intel and, and kind of got the idea of, of where I wanted to go. So pull up to the gate to where I can hike, start hiking in. And I thought I left my rangefinder. I was about an hour and a half, two hours from home. Realized I don't have my rangefinder. My range, if I didn't have my rangefinder, I was going home to get it. And luckily it had just fallen. It was right next to my, my seat there kind of squished down in there for some reason so didn't have to to ditch that hunt and I was able to to continue on so hiked in quite a ways and just being so early all I was seeing was does and coyotes and young bucks I only spent a day and a half there and hiked five six seven miles in and just was looking 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 and for probably what I decided probably realized what had happened and why I was not seeing quality deer is just because it was pre-rut those those mule deer were not rutting hard yet they were not even really rutting it was pretty pre-rut so they were hidden those big bucks were the younger bucks were starting to group up I could see them with some does they weren't pushing or anything but they were uh, they were just kind of there. Um, and I just wasn't satisfied with that, that hunt. It wasn't my kind of hunt I was looking for. The terrain wasn't as open. It was pretty heavily treed. Um, it was a little bit more foothills of the Black Hills. So you've got some some hilly country and river bottom and some more mountainous. And, and I was looking for some more open country uh, be able to, to have a good time and see some animals. I think that's where I thrive is being able to see from a distance, knowing where those animals are and making my play from there. When I can't see because of trees, uh, vegetation, whatever, I feel like that's where I am. Well, I am blind to what's going on and I struggle with that. And it's just not my favorite, favorite style of hunting. So I ditched. Uh, the next day I just hiked out and went to a whole new area. Didn't even stop home. Uh, went out probably three hours from, from where that was and hiked into an area I'd been last year on my birthday and had had a really close encounter. Hiked into that area and again, does. Just saw a group of nine does. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know where these bucks are. And just feeling 
down like I'm not going to find anything. I was ready to hike out. So I hunted that evening and I started hiking out thinking I'm going to go somewhere else or I'm going to go hunt the hills, which is an easier bow hunt. It's like, I'm going to go do that instead of this in the prairie. I had almost given up and something kind of sparked a little, no, turn around and get after it. I was probably three quarters of a mile to my truck and I turned around and went back, went back in there, uh, set up camp not far from where I was supposed to be in the morning. I knew where these deer had been making their way down from a field through the rolling hills and then they go wherever. I don't understand mule deer movements. There's it's besides from food down to cover to water I don't understand. They're like, I'm going to go up and over this hill. I'm going to go back over this hill. I'm going to go into this draw. Don't understand it. None of it makes any sense to me. Uh, Based on what I saw during that hunt, the deer were, and I watched some does move over a hill, and then later on they came back. Like, why did they even need to go over the hill? There's plenty of food right there. So it doesn't make any sense. So anyway, um, I woke up sat in a spot that I had to have my wind in the face in my the wind in my face and it was cold I was totally dressed up as much as I could be and I was cold and miserable and I was like I gotta sit I gotta sit I gotta sit but it just didn't work I couldn't sit there any longer because I was freezing so I got up turned around on the other side of the tree so I could have the wind to my back just to warm up just a little bit saw some deer coming uh and actually a buck that was pushing some does he was running running her all over the place and all the does were kind of on on a high alert because they're again not ready for that buck to be running and and chasing them all around so they were kind of up and around and all over the place and i thought oh yeah they're gonna got it they're gonna be making their way right here because i knew that's the path they're gonna be taking and of course nope they went up a different draw i went to go peek over and gone they disappeared i don't know where they went how they got there uh, that's the second time that in that same place where those deer just disappear, it's open, but there's little draws. And, and because of that, it can see most of the exit exits to these, the, these areas where these deer are, but they just disappear. And I don't know how they do it. So I went back to my original spot and again, kicking myself. Um, it's easy, so easy to feel sorry for yourself. Um, but one of my main things for, the year is you need to be on all the time and that was a hard thing to do at this moment but did a little gut checks and you need to be on and ready all the time so i went and chilled out for a little bit say i never know what's going to come back around sure enough it's probably that same buck comes coming over the hill chasing this this old doe that poor old girl um i had seen her the night before i don't think you can shoot a lot of does in this unit and she had just this like deep chest swaying back belly was was deep and her ears were they almost looked broken almost like an old farm cat that ears froze off they're all dangling down and she was the last one at the night before to climb up the hill to the field and you could just see her she was the grandma of the, of the group where she just would make her way up and She'd have to stop here and there saying, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. Just an old, old doe, which was kind of fun to see. You could recognize her. 
oftentimes you don't get to recognize different does, but this one for sure I could. And that that poor buck or poor doe was chasing that that old girl around, uh, and they kind of disappeared into, into a small draw with four or five, six trees in it, something like that. And so I thought, all right, they're going to give them a little bit. Maybe they'll come this way. Sure enough, they didn't. Uh, so I thought, oh, I'm going to make my way to that draw. I think I can peek over, do it like you see everybody else doing that, where you, they, you know where they bedded, and you can sneak up behind them. Problem is, if I'd gone up behind them, the wind would have gone down to them. So I went down below the draw. It was a pretty narrow opening to that draw, so I thought maybe I could sneak by, uh, and they're not going to see me. Even though if they're bedded, they're going to be looking downhill. So I snuck down there, and as I hit to the bottom of that opening, I peer over, and sure enough, there's that do- that doe. She's feeding uh, and just making her way. They weren't bedded at all. It's like okay, so they're gonna they're gonna come right down this draw. And I laid back there thinking, oh, she's going to come five yards and I'll draw and shoot at whatever's coming behind her. And then I realized that's not going to work. That open country, that, that doe's going to spook and take the buck with and, and it's never going to work. So I just peer back up and sure enough, the buck is there walking up at 65 yards is where I ranged him. He take a couple more steps, so it must have been 70 and settled in, released, arrow stuck. Not where I wanted, and yeah, 65, 70 yards uh, with some wind was was probably not the best, but it was good height-wise. It's just way back, and I got super lucky that he took off. Uh, I don't really know how it went that far back because the wind, it didn't even make sense for the wind. Maybe that wind was doing something weird, but he took off and ran about 500 yard 400 yards and i took off after him just to go see up and over the hill to see where he was going to go because i struggle to find blood sometimes in that open country because you don't know exactly where they go once you get over to where you that initial hit um it's hard sometimes in open country to see get within that 20 yards of of where that blood is so i took off after him Went up and over the hill, and I could see where he had started to pile up and died right away. Ended up being a really, really lucky kind of ordeal, so I'm pretty pretty excited about that, but not proud of it. And that's another one of those examples of I'm not satisfied with how I hunted this year. Yet another bad shot or a miss or something like that where that shouldn't have happened. I should have had... Uh, a better shot based on the practice that I've I've given it. But on my pack out, I broke it up. I was pretty proud of myself. I broke it up into two trips. I also had camp uh, just to be easier on myself and my back because I I need that for sure. And it's not worth it trying to trying to cl- pile a whole deer into your pack. It's pretty miserable. And funny thing is, I had to go back to South Dakota to have one of my longest pack outs. Uh, it ended up being just two miles, but I haven't had to really pack anything out further than that. Um, been hunting plenty further than that before, but it just never happens to be uh, that far back that that we we get it done. And I always am hunting solo frequently, uh, so a six seven mile back pack out would be very difficult. I, I typically don't always have people to call to. Uh, for those situations to, to, to get something out. So, um, 
yeah, I'm pretty proud of, of that hunt. I'm happy with it. Uh, I had another hunt lined up for the year to look for something a little bit bigger. And that's what I'm doing here in Colorado right now. I burned my four points in a unit I had hunted two years ago. And that hunt took me seven hours to do. And I had seen a lot of big deer. So it convinced me I got to go back. I need to do that hunt better. Uh, I know there were lots of big deer here. So I, I dropped my four points. I put some, some money into it and some time into it, uh, to get here and do all that sort of stuff and all the logistics and gave myself five days and I'm sort of regretting, should I have used five points on this hunt? Cause it's just not quite the hunt I probably was looking for. Again, maybe not satisfied with my hunting for the year, just because this is a different kind of hunt. This is a rancher style hunt where there's Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com private ground. I feel like I'm East River, South Dakota and agricultural ground, uh, farm fields where it's just small parcels, but yet there's big chunks of it too. It's kind of weird, uh, where you just got to drive around and find them and somehow make a play on them, but you can't make a play on them in the country that, that you're, you would nor it's not the kind of country that allows you to make a play on them like you would somewhere else you only have the the boundaries of that little piece of that little bit of walk-in. And so you're at mercy of a lot of things. And I made a stock today that didn't work at all. The wind was horrible, uh, blowing right at them, but I had no other option. And believe it or not, at 400 yards, they stood up and looked my direction. Uh, I must stink pretty bad, but that's all right. I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining about getting this tag or complaining about how this hunt is going. I'm getting after it. I am staying motivated, not getting down on myself. And that's, that's the way a lot of hunts are. Whenever things are not going perfectly, you feel like you got to get down on yourself and, and get bummed out. But then again, I'm going back to my goals for the year of, I'm trying to stay on the entire hunt and be ready for anything, be ready for something to pop out, even on that walk back to, uh, the truck. So I'm, really trying to stay on, uh, and, and be ready. So that's, that's kind of what's happening over this hunt. I've, I've been grinding it out. Uh, I started the, the week, got here with two hours of daylight left, went and scouted a little bit, tried to find where some deer were. Um, it's kind of fun cause there's not a lot of hunters around. There's only 30 tags in this unit 
and there's big deer, but good luck. You got to have permissions. Um, you got to get lucky and, and maybe have those, those, uh, those deer on private ground. And it's a hard hunt to be able to be successful, even though these deer might just stare at you in the field from at a hundred yards when you pull up to them. But then if you get out of the truck or you try and drive down there, suddenly they just take off. There, there's no consistency in what they're doing. They're kind of a, they're a goofy critter. Uh, these mule deer, I, I would, you'd think they'd go find some cedar trees or whatever else. Nope. They seem to really like the open. And it's almost like they act like antelope where they need to be able to see what's going on and they can stay in the middle of these sections getting some good visibility to what's around them and the dangers that are, that's around them. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm seeing. I started off doing a little bit more sitting, uh, on some pieces thinking there'd be some other hunters or something to push things around or just the tail end of the rut, getting some rut activity to push things to me. But I'm finding that didn't work. I didn't, there wasn't enough movement and there's not enough deer for per acres of, of ground that are, that are out here. There's just so much, a lot, a lot of land. And, uh, you have to travel a long ways to, to find some, find some deer. I think each morning or evening I find some deer, a, a group of them. And that's probably consistent today. I found quite a few and I was on different groups each all day. Yeah. It was definitely all day, but it's a different kind of challenge. It, this hunt is challenging in that I don't have the ground. I'm having to find it. And I did an episode about gaining permissions. Uh, that was a flop and I had someone give me some BS thing about how it was the worst episode ever. Uh, that's great. And no, all just don't tell me <laughs> one of the, uh, things that I did today worked really well. I gained a lot of permission today. Uh, saw some deer and I sat on them and I did some Googling like crazy. I spent about $4 today, probably risked some, uh, identity theft, but there is a few websites out there that contain a lot of information on you and landowners and all this sort of thing. So I've done a lot of Googling just using the landowner information on onyx i'm able to google their name address and it oftentimes will give me something sometimes it, it pops right up and it's their number and i get right through to them that's pretty rare i, I find some counties it's or areas it works a little bit more than others uh, then there's these websites mytymytai.com my tie dot com uh that and national cellular directory they don't always work. I just paid 99 cents to get a number that's been disconnected. Uh, but another time it did work. I called, got a piece of uh, permission for a piece that just in case those deer crossed onto that, I would be ready. And it worked out that that landowner lived in another state and they said, let me call the farmer that's farming this place right now and ask. And he called me and said, yeah, go right ahead. Um, and he said, thanks for asking. I, he was really shocked that I even asked because I think this kind of hunt and what a lot of people do is some straight poaching. I'm pretty sure most of these deer that are shot in this unit, they're probably not all on the up and up. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that just because it's a, 
it's a lot of I'm sure people are road hunting. I'm sure they are well, I'm road hunting. I'm sure they're not getting fifty fifty feet from the center line away from the road. Um they're not shooting where they're allowed to um because it's been easy and i could have filled my tag probably six seven times already uh but i've passed because it wasn't legal it wasn't right um it wasn't ethical so i let it go there was a couple of times when that deer was hauling butt and i could have shot him um another time i was on a piece of public uh walk-in area that was open to big game hunting and the deer was on in the middle of some walk-in area next adjacent to this, but it's for small game hunting. Public access land, but not with the right requirements. So I passed. I'm pretty sure there's many other people that wouldn't have done that. Not saying I'm any better, but the temptation is there. The temptation is absolutely there. And that is going to be the reason why I don't do this hunt again. I'm really enjoying it, having a good time. But would I recommend this hunt? No. No, I don't think I would. Uh, it is a cheap hunt for a chance to get a really big deer. That's kind of what I've what I've come to the conclusion on. That there are so many big deer. I'm seeing a lot of 170s, 180s, maybe bigger. I don't know. The first time I've ever had a deer grow on me was today. So that deer ran at me and he grew. And I literally was saying that out loud. It's like, oh my gosh, he's big. Oh my gosh, he's big. He's growing. He got huge just as he got closer. Uh, and so as it was uh, pretty surprising to see that. There are some really good deer here. Uh, just not that that uh, possibility or opportunity to, to harvest one in a way that I feel good about. So we're, I may just walk away from this hunt with nothing. I still have two days to go. I now have some permissions. Uh, because that rancher that or farmer that was so impressed that I called instead of doing things the wrong way, he said, well, do you have any places to hunt? I was like, oh, not really. Uh, well, he started saying some names and this and that and the pro- his family property and ranch. And, and I also know pretty much everybody in this area, so get a hold of me and We'll see if I can't twist their arm a little bit. And uh, sure enough, he dropped me a whole bunch of waypoints. It's thousands of acres of stuff, but it's thousands of acres that I don't think had any deer on it uh, this evening. I I looked over it twice, all of it today. And you can do that by driving pretty much everything. Uh, there may have may have been some that just didn't want to come out, but. I had a lot of access and it just still didn't happen. And that's part of the, one of the issues with this, this unit or units like this. I don't want to just say it's this one. It's a lot of, a lot of units where there's very little public land. It's broken up by, by farmland and people really treasure their mule deer. I was told by Colorado parks and wildlife, like, ah, oh, it's mostly private. The game warden said, nah, people don't really want to give permission. Well, out of the four people I've talked to, I'm at 50%. Yeah, I've gotten through to four people, um, met two landowners, and the one said, well, I would, but I got people coming tomorrow. And then I got another person that said, oh, I would, but I got people coming tomorrow tonight. Oh, and then I guess there was a fifth person, a lady who owns a 
huge chunk of ground or she did and she had just sold it in the last few years and she said oh i certainly sure would have let you uh get on there but i don't own it anymore and now hayden outdoors is selling it for like eight to ten million it's like oh my gosh i they could have had some something that is probably i could have spent the rest of my time here and and found a good deer and, and got him so that's okay i have those new permissions i'm hopeful uh, going to get out tomorrow and get after it again. So I'll give a little update and wrap that up all into this episode. So stay tuned for tomorrow. Well, that was day four, sort of. It's only 8.53 in the morning and day four is done. The hunt is done. Pretty cool little thing that happened this morning of all that permission that I had paid off and got invited back for future years to, to do this hunt, which I'm not sure if I want to do. And I had someone, one of, one of my friends ask if he would, or if I would recommend this hunt. And I was kind of looking for a good deer and just something that is close to home, uh, gives me an opportunity to go try something new. Um, I guess it's not new. I've been here before. I needed a little bit more about with this hunt. I, I didn't have, enough exposure to this unit the first time I hunted because the hunt didn't last very long so I wanted to, to explore a little bit more and have to work at it and I definitely had to but saw some amazing deer just you gotta work for them and and be able to figure out how to how to get on them on these little pieces of property and it's it's a struggle but a good challenge uh and a great challenge to have in trying to figure out how to harvest a, a big deer and I ended up just with a nice, respectable buck, something that I'd be happy with just about anywhere. And burning four points on this unit made me, that's where I got to think. If it, if, am I going to build up four points again and do this hunt? By then it might be five, six points. You never know. Uh, or after telling all you, you might find out what unit it is and be like, I'm going there. <laughs> and it takes six, seven. So who knows, but uh, great hunt. Eastern Colorado is loaded with some really good deer. I think there's a lot of units with this same sort of situation, and you should have the opportunity to, to find some, some private to hunt on. Uh, by calling and asking, that was the best thing to do using those random web pages that uh, now in my inbox today i've got all kinds of spam email of random stuff so that's just great uh but i'll have to go through and and report spam on those emails so this this gives you a good idea of of kind of a, a hunt where you have to get some permission uh have to work at it and figure out how to how to get on some of these deer and, and it was a good time i enjoyed it uh just me and my dog had uh some time to to just spend in the truck driving around and that's who i talked to for the last four days is my dog and i had to call up some buddies to to see what they would do in different situations but thanks again for listening and listening for to me just ramble on about various thoughts on a hunt but that's kind of what we do when we're, we're out hunting is we kind of talk about this and that and, and what works what doesn't work you get down on yourself you get your your highs, your lows, and that sort of thing. So, thanks again for listening. But it ain't my ground. This is God's country. 
life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.